Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. I'd like for everyone to open their Bible to the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 6. We are marching through this book and um, we've only got a few more messages left in this series. Today, as you turn to Daniel chapter 6, you're going to be turning to really the most famous chapter of the book of Daniel. This is a story that is known by many people, um, whether they be believers or not. This story is the story of Daniel in the lion's den. And I want to remind all of us that, um, that the book of Daniel teaches a number of very important themes. The first theme that the book of Daniel teaches is that God is in control of all things and at all times. That's why he's sovereign. How many know God is always in charge of every moment of our lives and of, of our history and of everything that's going on, God is always in charge. God allows certain things, but he's in charge of all things. Amen. Secondly, God's people always have a role to play. And see, as we go to this chapter today, okay, just look at me for a second. As we go to this chapter today, today is a reminder, okay, this is our opportunity to bring glory to God. Okay, this is our chance. This is our time. Okay, this life that we're living, we know that we're just passing through. How many know we're not living for this earth? We're living for another city whose builder and architect is God. Can I get an amen? And we have to keep reminding ourselves of that. We have to keep, we have to remember that we're not just living for now. We're living for then. We're, we're going to be with him for all of eternity. And so we want to play our part, and we want to do God's will and bring, his, bring him glory. And then uh, the last thing is, is that we're living in a world where the spirit of the Antichrist is marked by a spirit of rebellion that leads to desolation. So we have these competing forces on the earth, and the spirit of the Antichrist is, is on the loose, and it's a, it's a spirit of rebellion, but that rebellion always leads to desolation. It leads to emptiness. Next week, I believe, we will be talking about the Antichrist and describing the spirit of the Antichrist, which is important for us to know and understand as the people of God. The people of God need discernment. The people of God need discernment. Now, today... The title of the message today is Consecration Secures Protection. Consecration Secures Protection. How many know that our God is our great protector? He is our shield. Huh? How many would say amen? amen? The name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and are saved. How many know he is our savior, our protector? Our God is a good God because he protects us. He's the one who can deliver us from every evil. Amen? Amen. Now, however, it's important that we understand this. It protects, the protection of God does not mean that we won't suffer for Christ. 
And Christians need to understand that we, from time to time, are called upon to suffer for Christ. But it is a great privilege for us to do that. And it is something that will be rewarded in a great way. And so today, before we read this Old Testament story, I want to read a quick passage to you out of Peter. Could you uh, uh, put up... First uh, Peter 5, it says, be alert and sober-minded. So this is, this is what I'm saying. Look at me for a second. The, over and over and over, this is what we're saying through the book of Daniel, okay? Okay, keep your eyes open. Be discerning. And now in Peter, it says, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Standing firm in the faith because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. And the God of all, you know, let's start, read this together uh, uh, starting with Anne. Ready? And the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while will himself Restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Could we praise God for that promise today? Hallelujah. 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 We've been called to an eternal glory. And the God of all grace, grace is God doing for you what you can't do for yourself. Even though you go through the fire for a season, even though you might find yourself in a den of lions for a season, he promises, I will never leave you nor forsake you. If you're in the den today, just know he is right there with you. Keep your faith fixed on Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Some things are not for us. Some things are for his glory. And how many would agree with me that that's okay? Everything doesn't have to be about us. You see? Everything doesn't have to be about us, okay, because we're Christians. What we live for is for the glory of God. We want to give him glory and honor and praise. And so even if that means that we suffer a little persecution, even if that means that we go through some tough stuff, that's okay. Because as long as he gets the glory, we just want to honor and please our master, the king. Amen. Amen. So here's what I want to do. I want to read once again uh, um, uh, a pretty long chapter, 28 verses, and um, I want you to pay close attention. And then we're going to look at some, some of the key issues that revolve around God not only protecting us but him getting glory. Because there's this combination of issues taking place in this story where God is protecting, but he's also getting the glory. Amen? Okay, uh, um, let's begin with verse 1 in chapter 6. It says, uh, it pleased Darius, this was the new king, it pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps to rule throughout the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so that the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities. Everyone say exceptional qualities. 
We're going to revisit that in a moment. By his exceptional qualities, that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for, charge, for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, may King Darius live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed, which was a lie, have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, your majesty, issue the decree... And put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. So Darius, so King Darius put the decree in writing. Now when Daniel learned, this is one of the key verses. Now when Daniel learned that the decree, the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day. He got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he had done before. Now, by the way, guys, look at me for a second. When you read the Bible, especially when you read stories, I read this once by um, a a great writer. I believe it was uh, Alexander White who said this. And he talked about the fact that when you read the Bible, it's important to read the Bible with a certain sense of imagination Okay, And you also have to read the Bible in a personal way. You see, you have to personalize the scriptures. Okay, so when you read something like this, part of what you need to do is you need to put yourself there. You see, you need to, you need to, to put yourself there. And it's not that difficult to put yourself there because we're living in times where our culture doesn't love Jesus either. But you need to recognize that this is real. Next week, uh, most likely, I'm going to put the cover of uh, National Geographic History magazine, and it all talks about Persia. It talks about all of these kings, you know. I mean, this is real history here. This is one of our heroes in the faith. You understand? Spiritually speaking, this is one of our great, 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 and on and on grandfathers. This is one of the great torchbearers. This is someone who decided to live for God in a wicked time. You see, he lived on this earth and he played his part. One of my concerns is that we've been in this book and that if we don't personalize this, you see, if you don't take today's message and you don't, if you don't see yourself in the mix, if you don't recognize that God's eye is upon you also and that God wants to use you also 
And you know what? You may not be famous on this earth, but anyone who honors God, you will receive the recognition of the Most High God. And it will be the most wonderful recognition. It will last forever. The reward, the crown, the jewels, so to speak, that we receive, those are incorruptible. When I was a kid, I played baseball. I won tons of trophies today. There are trophies still that my mom and dad have. MVP this and best picture that and all that. And you know what? Those things, half of those things have broken down. The trophies of this world, they break down. But there is a reward waiting for us in heaven. Hallelujah. It's incorruptible, imperishable. No one can steal that one. Amen? Amen. And so we have to recognize that we're reading something so special right now. This is our brother. This is one of the great forefathers of the faith. How did he deal with it so that we can turn around and say, God, help me to deal with my time too. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any God or human being except to you, your majesty will be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, the decree stands. In accordance with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. Then they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you. Your majesty, or to the decree you put in writing, he still prays three times a day. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Now let me, let me just pause here for a second. Okay, I'm reading into this. But you know if Daniel would have gone to the king and said, king, that's not true. All he had to say is, that's not true. This king loved Daniel. Daniel was trustworthy. And he loved Daniel. You'll see how this unfolds. All he had to say to the king is, that's not true. I, I stopped praying for 30 days. And the king would have said, you guys shut up. He's off the hook. He was looking for an excuse, but not for a moment did Daniel compromise his faith. Not for a moment. It says, then these men went as a group to King Darius and said to him, remember, your majesty, that according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. The king was pulling for him. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Now listen, some secular commentators have made the point that there were only one or two lions in there and maybe Daniel hid out and they didn't know he was there. And let me say a couple things to that. Okay. Daniel was 80 years old. 
okay? So it, it's not like he was, he was like dodging lions out down there, okay? <laughs> like Barry Sanders or some kind of famous football player, okay? He wasn't dodging lions out there. And let me tell you something, a hungry lion would have smelled them because that's what they do, all right? So this is a true story. This really happened in history. It says, the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him. And he could not sleep. At the, could you imagine doing something with your life that would make your boss not sleep because of your godliness? At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den... He called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. Hallelujah. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. At the king's command, the men who had falsely accused Daniel were brought in and thrown into the lion's den along with their wives and children and before they reached the floor of the den, the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Then King Darius wrote to all the nations and peoples of every language in all the earth, may you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus. The Persian. Could we praise God for his protecting faithfulness? <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to make a couple of simple points, but I want to pray. You see, I want to pray that God would give us the spirit of Daniel. And that we would focus our lives on trusting him and bringing glory to him, knowing that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Knowing that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And that when we can say, thou, O Lord, are a shield about me, you're my glory and the lifter of my head. So God, I pray today in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your word. I thank you for this time, O God, together. I pray, Lord God, that you would bless our hearts and our spirits to receive. God, we thank you, Lord, for this great Oh, Lord, uh, forefather of the faith, we thank you for the life that he lived, 
for the faith that he displayed. And God, we ask today that it would be passed down through the generations to us, O oh God. And God, we ask that you would put things in us that would be passed down to our children and our grandchildren, O oh God. Lord, until you come back, Lord, may there be holy torchbearers, O oh God, shining for you, O oh God, giving you all the glory and all the honor, O oh God. And Father, we thank you and we trust you, Lord, to be our shield and our protector. You are our, our refuge and strength, our ever-present help in time of trouble. Bless this word in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I kind of want to make the altar call right now and let's pray. Hallelujah. The word of God is so good to read. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now I want to make a couple of very quick points here that are, are crucial to this big picture of the role that we're called to play. And when we do our part, how many know God always does his part? So here's the first thing. The first thing is that consecration builds a testimony of excellence and integrity. Okay? When you talk about your role, the Bible says that Daniel distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his, let's say these two words, exceptional qualities. By his exceptional qualities. And what that means, brothers and sisters, look at me for a second. What that means is, is that Daniel, please everyone look at me for just a moment. You know what it means? It means that Daniel was an excellent worker. You see, Daniel, when he went to work, he didn't take shortcuts. When he went to work, he, he didn't want money. He didn't want something for nothing. Christians are not like that. Christians believe in getting a paycheck, but we work for our pay. You see, and he displayed such an incredible, excellent spirit. It says that because of that, the king wanted to put him over everything. And look, it says at this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against him. Daniel, against Daniel in his, uh, in his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. You see, they couldn't find, look, they could find no corruption in him. So, so one of the things that we have to understand is that if we're really going to bring glory to God, if we're really going to honor God in this day and age, okay, we have to be excellent when we leave our homes and go to work. We should be excellent students. We should be excellent workers. Our boss shouldn't be telling us, you know, you need to wake up and come on time. Do you recognize if you're a Christian... Okay, to not show up on time, do you recognize that you're not only dishonoring your boss, but, but you're, you're missing an opportunity to bring glory to God? We're called to do things with a spirit of excellence. And when we do that, it attracts attention. 
It draws attention to the God that we serve. Daniel was an incredible man. But see, some people think that they have to go to work and they have to preach the gospel by talking about Jesus 24-7. No, sometimes the way you preach the gospel is by outworking everyone and outserving everyone and being, being so on time and on point. Can I get an amen? And then when you get the promotion after promotion, then they say, what's your secret? You say, I give all the glory to Jesus. He's my helper and my strength. He's the one who guides me. He's the one who directs me. Hallelujah. In other words, guys, what you see from the life of Daniel is that his testimony forced the conversation. His testimony forced the conversation. It made people choose sides, even though he wasn't walking around preaching about Jesus. Now, I know, I know when you see the way the kings were talking to Daniel, I know that many, many doors opened and that everyone knew this Daniel is a man of God. You see, that's the most important thing in life, to be a man of God, to be a woman of God. And, and, uh, um. When, when we take the time to devote, see, that's, this is what I'm talking about, about giving God your everything. Too much of Christianity has become compartmentalized, that you're a Christian on Sunday but not on Monday. Okay? When you go to work on Monday, you're going there as a servant of the Most High God. And people should say, oh, my goodness, every time this person walks through the door, I feel the glory of God. There's something about this person, there's something about their demeanor, there's something about their presence, there's something about their attention to, to, to move this company forward or whatever it is. These people, this person, there's something special about this life. His life was unassailable. You see, he, 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 he was the kind of person that, that was uncorruptible. Just because everyone is getting over on the job, that doesn't mean we get over. Just because, just because some people are stealing on the job doesn't mean we steal. Just because everyone does A or B on the job, that doesn't mean we do that. That is the time to force the conversation. This is an important thing, guys. You see? Because if, if you don't have a testimony at work, okay, then where do you have the testimony? If you don't have a testimony at school, then where do you have the testimony? In other words, this is where we preach the gospel. Who wants to come to a girls' rally if you don't, if you don't come across like the kind of person who's been impacted by the God that you're inviting them to meet? So, so now, because of that, you see that he was so excellent that it actually incited some jealousy. Put that up one more time, that last 6, 3, and 4. It says they could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. And so here's what happened. What happened is, is he forced the conversation and they were like, if this guy gets in charge, all of the backhanded dealings, all of the money that we're making on the side, we'll lose it all. Because Daniel doesn't play. We have to stop him from getting this promotion. You see? And guess what? That's what Christians are supposed to do. But notice that Daniel doesn't pick this fight. Daniel lives the life. 
So, so as the musicians come, i got two more quick things to say. But listen to me. It's not about picking a fight and picking a debate on the job. One of the things that we learn, how do you live in the days of Daniel? Do everything for the glory of God. You know, and if I want to encourage you today, if you battle with getting up on time, okay, put your, put your clock on, do whatever you have to do, but, but give this thing to God. Give it to God. Say, God, there's a lot of things that we won't do for our sake, but when we really do it for the Lord's sake, how many know that changes everything? Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I've had a couple of watches break lately. Get your watch fixed. Amen. Our watches need to work. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So the first thing that you see is that Daniel is living such a powerful testimony because of who he was. His preaching was based on his living. That's what it was. How do you live in the days of Daniel? Do everything for the glory of God. Secondly, what you see here is consecration is built on a consistent prayer life. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day. Everyone say three times a day. Three times a day. He got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God. Let's read this together. Ready? Just as he had done before. Just as he had done before. You see... What will bring glory to God and secure the protection of God all at the same time is very simple. Okay? It's simple. You show me a person with a prayer life, I'll show you, I'll show you a person with the blessing, with the, with the grace, with the protection. You, uh, everything that we need. How many know everything that we need is found in seeking his face? Three times a day. Okay, every single day. Okay, there's certain things that we should do every single day. For example, how about brush your teeth? Right? How many, when you meet a coworker and they didn't brush their teeth, you're like, oh, snap, I wish you really would have done that. <laughs> I wish you would have done that. Well, you know what, they don't know it, but every day that we read our Bible, it's a blessing to us and wherever we go. The fragrance of Christ is on us. So many things are solved just by us praying every day. Everyone say every day. You, we, 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 we tend to think that some, one day you're going to have this powerful visitation of God and become this powerful giant in God. Okay, like hitting the lotto or something like that. There's no lotto in the kingdom of heaven doesn't work like that. You seek him face day by day. Give me this day my daily bread. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Let your name be holy in my life. Let your name be holy in my day, God. Let your name receive hallelujah from me. Every single 
day. Do you realize that the greatest thing that we as leaders could do is just get you to pray every day? Anybody that prays every day, read your Bible every day, pray every day. You, everything that you need is going to be right there. Every, all of the preparation that you need, right there. God knows exactly what's coming around the corner. When you wake up in the morning, how many know God sees 5 o'clock in the afternoon, in the evening? God sees that. God sees your 1.30 appointment that might go left, and he knows how to prepare you. He knows how to get you ready. Daily bread is not just bread. It's everything that we need on a daily basis. All he did was pray three times a day. That's why Christianity is so simple. It's not for, you don't have to be a super genius to serve God. You just got to be a simple, honest person that opens your Bible and reads it and says, God, I know you want to talk to me today. And God, I want to talk to you. And he was ready. How do you get ready for the lions then? Pray every day. That's it. And whatever you need, it'll be there when you get there. How many believe that to be true? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's, let's bless him and praise him. Hallelujah. What an amazing, amazing and yet simple life. You know, here's the last thing as I go to the last one. You know why people give in to peer pressure. And the Lord has shown me as I've been studying this, we tend to think about peer pressure from, an, a, from a youth perspective. But we're living in a day that adults experience just as much peer pressure as youth do. And you know why grown men give into peer pressure and grown women give into peer pressure, right? Because they're not praying. But when you pray, it's just grace, you know. You ever have an answer for something that you know there's no way on the planet that came from you. You ever make a decision like turn left when you wanted to turn right, but you have no idea why you turn left, and then you're like, oh, snap, I'm so glad I turned left. That's Christ in us, the hope of glory. All we got to do is spend time with him. And then here's the last thing, and then we're going we're gonna to close in prayer. The last thing is the great promise, okay, that consecration secures protection. Consecration secures the protection of God. Daniel said, my God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done anything wrong before you, your majesty, if the singers could come. Now, here's the thing, guys. Look at me for a second. You may find yourself in a lion's den, okay? We, we talked about that in the beginning. There's suffering that takes place. You may find yourself in a lion's den, but how many know, even if you're in the lion's den, our God is able to shut the mouth of the lion. If you look, guys, even in history, people that were martyred, for example, read through the book of Acts. There's a couple of very interesting things about this. When Stephen was martyred, the first person that was killed for his, for his love for Christ, while they were stoning him, okay, while they were stoning him, 
The Bible records that he's saying, Father, forgive them what, that they do not what they do. And he's looking up and he's saying, look, I see him seated at the right hand of the Father. In other words, it didn't matter what the devil was saying. He was hearing the voice of Jesus even while they were martyring him. It's like they heard him, but they couldn't hurt him. Because when you belong to Jesus, even when they hurt you, they cannot hurt you. The lion will not get the victory over your life. They cannot hurt you. There's a grace that flows. I don't understand it. It's a mystery that you might be going through the suffering. And even though you're going through the suffering, Christ is with you. How did the apostle Paul get stoned and bounce back up and want to go back into the city? What, those were rubber rocks? No, they, those rocks weren't rubber. But see, there's something. Here's what you have to understand. Someone said this. Uh, I'm probably going to butcher it. But listen, you and I are invincible. Okay? We are invincible until we finish the will of God. When we finish the will of God, we'll go home. You see? Will there be hardship? Absolutely. Will there be difficulties? Absolutely. But there is a way and there is a place. Okay, where you might be in the lion's den, but God will shut the mouth of the lion. And see, some people, you're waking up every day, and the lion is roaring, and, and it's like you're hearing him. And you shouldn't listen. Don't listen to the lion. You see, but how does God shut his mouth? you got to draw near to God. You know what consecration is? We talked about this. Consecration is a separation to God because of your affections. Because you love God. As we close this, we're getting towards the end of this series. Don't miss the main truth. Separate your life to God because if you get close to God, it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. It doesn't matter what they're saying. It doesn't matter if you lose your job or if you got a promotion. It doesn't matter if you, if you, if you wrecked your car or if your car got a new car. Those things don't matter. There's something deeper. There's something richer. There's a place with God that is so much greater than all of this world. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord, we love you. Hallelujah. There's a closeness to God that is better than anything that this world can offer. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands to him. Blessed, blessed be the name of the Lord. Come on, could we just, we're going to pray in a moment, but could we just worship him? Could we just say, God, we love you and we want to be close to you, God. God, in 2016, God, we want to be like Daniel in this day, God. In this hour, oh God. Hallelujah. If you're here today, we're going to pray for two things before we go. If you're here today, and you're in the lion's den. Okay, it may not be at work, but you're just surrounded by the voice, the voice of the enemy. The enemy is roaring at you every morning. He's roaring at you at 12 o'clock. He's saying God is not faithful. He's saying you're not going to make it. He's saying this hardship, 
this, the Lord has left you. The Lord has forsaken you. He has not left you. He has not forsaken you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. The devil is a liar, but God is not a liar. He is not a man that he should lie. He is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. Maybe you're here today. And, and, and you've been in it. Today we're going to pray over you. And God is going to shut the mouth of the lion. Hallelujah. And we're going to pray that you're going to get closer to God. You're going to get deeper. You're going to hide in, the, in, in, in his bosom. You're going to get under the shadow of his wings. Hallelujah. And he's going to protect you and he's going to deliver you. Maybe you're also here today and the Lord is challenging you. The Lord is challenging you. And he's saying, can't you hear that I'm calling you to bring me glory at a whole new level. Can't you hear my call? Don't you realize I've got things that are so much better than this world can offer you. But you have to step out and follow me. You have to be willing to go places that, that, that maybe you don't want to go to in the natural. I, I could say this almost as a prophetic word. He said to Peter, listen, when you were a child, you got up and dressed yourself and went wherever you want to go. But the days are coming where people are going to dress you and take you places where you don't want to go. But it is in those places that I will get the glory from your life. Maybe you're here today and God is calling you to separate yourself. Whoever that is, whatever that is, because of time, we can't do a long, but, but I, I have to. So what I want you to do is I want you to slip out of your seat and stand in the middle aisle. If you feel like you need prayer, just slip out of your seat, move very quickly, and we're going to pray together. Hallelujah. Today is a day to respond to the Lord. I want to encourage you to respond to the Lord. If the Holy Spirit is dealing with you, I want to encourage you. No one knows whether it's A or B. Slip out of your seat and we're going to pray together. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God is so good. He's so faithful. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. People are in the middle aisle. Some people have come to the front. Some of the leaders, could you come to the front? But let's begin. Stretch out your hand towards anyone that's close to you. And let's begin to pray. God knows what it is. Hallelujah. But let's pray for a new grace to get close to God. Let's pray for strength. Let's pray that the mouth of the lion would be closed. That the Lord would shut the mouth of the lion. Let's pray for a deeper level of consecration. We got a role to play. We got to play our part. God has something for us to do. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name.